As I got another rhyme, another rhythm for y'all to listen. I'm never quitting on my mission. I'ma roll with what I'm giving. Got some ambition, this new edition, filling positions. Looking at the void in myself and feeling what's missing. Better watch the way you're going. Better go in the right direction. In the moment, you stressing, but you're going to be counting blessings. And I know that for certain. Keep on working, open curtains. Haters swerving, because they ain't ready for your final version. Whoa. I'm never going to give up, give up. You're listening to the Tom Pickering Show on WNHH LP 103.5 FM, your home for community radio. Good morning, good morning. Happy first Friday to all. Uh, we thank um, once again Tom Ficklin, uh, who allows me to host this show once a month, the first Friday show. And we're very excited about our topic today, which is no snitching. Because we know that in communities that we live in, that that is a code of the streets. And we want to uh, delve into that uh, particular topic this morning. And we have uh, two guests that I'm very excited about having on the show. Uh, Mr. Sean Reeves, who is not only a gatekeeper in our community, but works hard every day to make sure that there's an economic impact coming from our local communities. And then we have the esteemed guest, our honorable Brian Wingate, who is actually the chair of the Public Safety Committee here in the city. So we thought it would be appropriate to have these two guests on today to delve into this issue. As you guys know, we call it Real Talk because we want to talk about the real issues that happen in our community. We're not going to sugarcoat anything. We're not going to blame anything. And nothing is to be taken personal to anyone. This is a general conversation about things that we feel are pertinent in our community. And I like to start off with how I got interested in this topic a couple of years ago, listening to the Steve Harvey show, and he was explaining this term, no snitching, as an underground term or the underworld of people who are committing crimes or people who are in the crime field, or that's what they do, is that, I'll give you an example. If me and Sean went to rob a bank and Sean got away and I got caught, and I told the police or anyone who was looking for the information of where Sean was, that is what we would kind of consider snitching. That's what the, the, it's, it's thought of. But if me and Sean was sitting on a porch and a car pulls over and, and someone jumps out the car and they start shooting and Sean is hit and then police officers and other inf- people um, in law enforcement come to me and ask me what happened. And I said, I don't know what happened. I didn't see anything. That is very, there's two parts of that situation that's very bad. Number one, Sean is a friend of mine. So my loyalty to him and hoping that his safety and that he's going to recover is based on the information that I do know. And then we have to look at it from the second side. How do we ever help communities to be safe if there's not going to be information given when a situation like that happens. So that's the discussion we want to get into. That's the discussion we want to help individuals in our community, our law abiders, work everyday citizens to understand your obligation to help your community to be safe. So we're going to start off with the thought of asking Brian uh, first to kind of elaborate on that um, part of the discussion that we want to talk about today as someone who's in a position to where you work every day and you work along with your colleagues and and other individuals in the city to try to make sure that it's a safe city. And so can you just expound a little bit upon what we were starting off the conversation with and how that really affects each citizen of the city and how it it helps for your job and your obligation to help keep the city safe? 
thank you, Mo. Thank you for the uh, great introduction. That that also applies to you, this uh, this team, Maurice. Um, thank you once again. But as the chair, you know, public safety is about community, right? And what, what I see happening is our black and brown people are the ones are affected mostly in reference to gun violence and, and tragic tragic situation. So the two parts, and I like the way you explained the two parts about no snitching, right? Because there is a distinction between the two. Um, I want to touch on the, 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 the second one. Law-abiding citizens go to work every day, right? Try to take care of their families. Straight bullet hits them. How do we not communicate with law enforcement, right? right? How do we not try to bridge that gap with law enforcement to try to get justice, right? By having some kind of communication, right? Uh, understanding that we do have to build more relationships with uh, officers, but that's where we can gauge them to see what they're going to do, right? The first part of your analogy about no snitching, right? That is that underground code. We get it, right? We all we all have been developed where we don't talk to the police and we don't do that, right? And listen, I just ain't come to tier public safety, right? I had to grow to that, right? So we understand that relationships have to be built. But now in 2022, right, we have to talk about community. We have to keep things in that perspective, right? Because a lot of times when we don't communicate with our our uh, law enforcement, nothing gets solved. And that's that's my family hurt. That's your family hurt. That's your friend hurt, right? So, you know, the no snitching, I get it, right? But at the same time, we have to really start building relationships where we can trust these folks to do the right thing by our people. Because when I turn around, they're not saying no snitching in other areas, uh, in Caucasians. And they're not saying that, right? They get in service. I just want our community to get service, right? Black and brown people to get service in the right way, in the right capacity. And the only way we can do that is we have dialogue and we have conversation. That's that's where I'm at. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. Sean, you have a chance to expound upon that. Well, I mean, you know, uh, everything that you guys said was absolutely accurate. Um, Maybe in about, I think it was in the early 90s at one time, my mom witnessed a murder. She said something, right? Um, people asked me, you know, how I felt about it. I said, yo, she's a taxpaying citizen, law-abiding citizen. My mom's not no hustler. She's not no street person. That's her civic duty to make sure that she do what she feels is necessary to keep herself and her community safe, right? And at this time, I was in the streets. But, you know, again, my mom has nothing to do with my um, interactions or my dealings. So, you know, um, I told her to do what she felt she needed to do um, and that I had her back 110 percent because I understand the, the, the principles of uh, neighborhood block watches, um, you know, really having community like, you know, I came up in community. So every 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 neighbor was a real neighbor. I can go in every single house on the block on my street at one time. You know, if it was a problem, you know, neighbors usually fixed it. And if we needed to have outside intervention, which was police, then we do that. Um, I understand the street code 
all too well. You know, when I was part of that street element, of course, no snitching. That was the policy. It doesn't matter what happened. Like, you know, again, we're in this in this this developed system that we've decided to marry at that particular time. So, you know, um, you got to abide by the rules. It's, it's, it's the law of the streets. But, you know, me now, 20 something years out of the game. So every day I have to deal with my personal public safety, the safety of my family members and my close friends. And, you know, one of the things I ask myself is now if something happens, what do I do? Do I pick up a gun and and try to commit harm or do I pick up a weapon and try to commit harm to somebody and put myself back in prison where I came from, um, been away from for, for over two decades now? Or do I uh, lean on the people? that I pay to do the service that's supposed to be done for me. You know what I mean? I'm not saying um, that I need to be telling about everything. No, I don't tell about it. I don't really tell about anything. But if somebody robbed my house, I got to call the cops. If somebody break into my car, I got to call the cops. So people act like they're not dealing with the police, but they're dealing with the police when they need to deal with the police, right? Um, But again, we just have a, we have a bad a bad perception of what snitching is um, in our community now because the the underground culture has almost overridden um, any and everything that's good inside of the communities right now um, in those regards. So, you know, people have been disempowered. Um, they've actually been let down from police um, years ago. So, you know, we have to member and, and rebuild those relationships and rebuild those understandings and it's going to take time. But, you know, at the essence of it all is right now, people don't feel they feel powerless and they shouldn't feel powerless because they have voices. And if they use them correctly, then we can bring balance back into our communities. And and we want to go back to those days of I'm sure you guys can remember this, is that on a street, certain things couldn't happen because Miss Jones was sitting on the porch. Right. Um, her friend down the street was sitting on the porch and the gentleman had respect for those Mm -hmm. individuals and it wasn't that they didn't do things but you just knew that Ms. Jones was sitting out there and someone else was sitting out there that you had to do it a different way and what we're talking about so that the community can kind of get the perspective of it is we can't have like for example my daughter is 15 years old she has never walked to the corner store. I live on Sherman Avenue, so the, the, the closest corner store is going to be on the corner of Orchard and Henry Street. Not far, maybe about two blocks. I can't trust for her to walk those two mm-hmm. blocks. So she's not even growing up how we did. We, we not, when I lived on Shelton Avenue, we would walk the quick check right at the corner store. And, and you could go as many times as you had money. So if my grandmother gave you some change or you had some change left over, if you want to go get a bag of chips, or if you want to go get that, we want the essence of that to come back to our community. There should be no reason that if she had wanted to grab a soda or grab some chips that she can't walk to that store. But I can't trust for her to walk to that store because there's so many different elements of what could happen between her walking in and walking back. And then who can I blame? Or who can I trust to say, Maurice, this is what happened to your daughter. So this is what the essence of what we're trying to get to, because there are so many people who are not enjoying the life in their community that they deserve to enjoy. 
People pay taxes, people pay rent, people pay mortgages. Why can't they enjoy themselves in their own homes or in their own neighborhoods or in their own blocks? Because the streets have gotten so bad and no one's going to say something and, no, and everyone's fearful of what the repercussions was. And it was funny because as Tom was advertising um, the show today, I saw that little piece in there that where it said, um, how will a person be able to get safety if they told? So... <laughs> I don't know who wants to touch on that one because the thought was, I, you know, it's a situation where it is true that, you know, things can happen after someone has told on someone in a, in a criminal situation. But I just want you to, so, we'll, we'll come to Brian first to kind of, you know, see, see what's your thoughts on that and the thoughts of that person may say, well, I'm too fearful to tell because if I tell, these guys are going to come after me. Well, you, you know, as the chair of public safety, you know, over the last, uh, three or four years, I, I should say five now, um, being a part of the Board of Alders, um, learning cops, getting to know police officers and detectives and stuff like that. You know, all that stuff supposed to be confidential, right? As 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 a person wants to be a part of that, um, I say resolution uh, to bring someone to justice, that's supposed to be confidential, right? Um, and Sean said something that was very important, right? In reference to it's their job, right? That's their job to protect you. That's their job to police you. That's their job. Now, everyone doesn't do it the right way, right? But, you know, we hope for the latter New Haven, they get it better than most, right? I'm talking about the New Haven PD, right? Um, my my thing is the reality, uh, the retaliation part of it is real, but it's their job to protect you, Right? And if you had any family member, any friend that's caught out in the streets, right, to gun violence, right, you would think twice about that whole process of saying, I don't want to share information. Because that's a hurtful situation. That's, that's a hurtful situation. You just don't hurt that person. You hurt everybody in their family. It's a ripple effect, right? Try, trying to get back to that community base that Mo was talking about. I, I wish I had Miss Jenkins on the block, right? We need more Miss Jenkins. We need more folks looking out the windows, right? Like, like this, this. I don't want to beat up the younger generation, right? I, I don't want to go there, but some of the street code they don't respect. You know what I'm saying? You know, let's talk about it, right? Look, they, so, only, they only deal with what they know, though, Brian. Honestly. I can dig it. I can dig it. And, and, and it takes leaders. It takes leaders like us right? To put it back in their faces saying, this is where we're trying to get to. You know what I'm saying? Back in the day when people had beef, they'll let everybody know, get off the street. We're about to have beef. You know what I'm saying? That was the street code, right? So my thing is, now, once again, it's their job to protect. It's their their job to keep their things in confidence, right? So we can live a civil life, so we can have that community base. You know, so Mo can go, so Mo daughter can go to the store, right? So my daughters can go to the store, right? And, you know, we have to rely on each other and community. Because once again, we're talking about our black and brown people that can't walk down to the store, right? I took on this road to try to build bridges. I understand we have bad police officers. I understand we have good police officers. But I took on this role to try to make the change. I try to be a, to, to build a bridge. So we can get back to that community. That's why I took on this role. 
right? And, and it, you know, we got a lot of work to do, but we're willing to put in the work, right? So I, 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 I'm humbled that Mo asked me to come to talk about this issue because this is a real, real issue that we need to get out there, that there's two levels of this whole, the whole process. That's right. And Sean, let's talk about how the, some of the conversation we had, because we were talking about our daughters over the summer and, you know, uh, if Madison was going to go here and, and, and how you would feel waiting until she would get back. And those are the things that we want people to understand and just, you know, shed a little light on that, because those were real conversations that we just had just this summer. Well, so, you know, again, um, anybody that asks me why I do what I do, and I, I always tell them, you know, for one right now, it's about Madison. It's about the fact that my daughter wants to go to a park in the middle of the morning or the afternoon, and I have to either say no because I don't have the time or I have to make the time and go to the park and sit there like I'm a overbearing parent, right? Um, we always had to store conversations, but, you know, I'll take it back a step further. I lost a son 11 years ago, right? Um, had I known who did that um, and said something, would I be considered a snitch? But telling on a person who killed my kid, see what I'm saying? Um, or should I have done what most people thought I was going to do, which was retaliate, kill this kid, and then be in jail? And now my daughter, whose mom has passed away, has a father that's locked up. Cool. You know what I'm saying? Um, at the same time, my mom, my, you know, my whole entire family struggled through that. Still to this day, struggling. Um, but me being who I was inside of my family, I could have destroyed my whole lineage, put us all in jail um, or either all uh, in the ground with just a blink of an eye or a stupid thought. Right. So, again, um, I'm not just here now protecting myself and, you know, my morals. This is about my, my child who sits in the room and listens to gunshots. You know what I'm saying? In the middle of the evening and then just moves away from the window and, and, and does things that, you know, are beknownst to me or any parent for that matter. Like, you know, our kids are living with trauma that they shouldn't even have to. Um, so, you know, public safety is a is a big, big thing for me now. Mm -hmm. um, it's a quality of life concern. You know, I watch the elders. Everybody's living in a state of um, perpetuated fear, constant fear mm -hmm. in our communities and in and that's a bad omen for bad health, amongst other things. So, you know, again, the, the goal is to make it safe for our, our future generations. You know what I'm saying? To bring prosperity to these future generations in a time where um, they could never see it and understand it. Like, we know what that looks like. We know um, the trials and tribulations we put our community through. Mm -hmm. And we also know um, where we stand in life now and our roles here. Um, and we have to be very intentional about those roles that we play. We have to break down a lot of those um, those negative connotations, those, those conversations, those barriers that don't make any sense to us anymore, right? How can we have life when we constantly promote death in the community? Great, great point, great point. And 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 Brian, I want to I want you to touch on this point that um, we start we started with for a second, and it was about our Caucasian counterparts right. living in the suburbs. And right. you know, 
I grew up with the same thought. Everyone says, oh, well, Maurice, if you make it, would you move out the hood? And, you know, mm-hmm. would you move to the suburbs? Mm-hmm. And a lot of times my thought growing up was, no, no, I'll, I'll stay in the hood. I'm, I'm good with the hood. <laughs> but as you get older and you start to learn, you start yeah. to see what the differences are. I'll yeah. take it just to the simple point. If you live in a very affluent neighborhood, and say you bought a house out there and weeks are going by and you haven't cut your grass, there will be someone from your community that will come and knock on your door. That's right. And they will ask, do you have a certain situation going on? Because we noticed that you haven't been cutting your grass. And if you need Johnny to cut the grass, Johnny <laughs> will cut the grass. Because yep. one thing that they know is that the property value of their house will go down if you're living next door and your property value starts to go down. So if we compare that to safety, we have to look at what happens in the suburban towns. The whole system has changed in reference to the car thefts because what happened? Once it crossed over to the suburban towns, Mm -hmm. now they went to their leadership and they're mm-hmm. saying, we're not having this. We're not That's having right. young kids coming to our community, stealing our cars and all that. So now they changed the whole law behind that. That's right. So the thought that we want to get across to our people is don't sit somewhere and settle for a lifestyle you don't deserve. You deserve right. to be living in peace, especially if you're a law-abiding citizen that goes to work every day to take care of your kids and to take care of your family. You deserve to live in peace when you come home. So don't live in fear and and live in a situation where you can change some of these things, but you're not willing to do it because you're going by a code that doesn't even apply to you because you're not in the underworld and you're not in the underground. And that's what we really want to stress today. So, Brian, I know you know, a person may look at, well, okay, you live in Beaver Hills. It's not that much crime. So kind of no, explain it, to them what's it, the thought behind neighbor looking after neighbor. Thank you, Mo. You know, me being a chair of public safety, I get to see the numbers, right? Right. The numbers are public, but, you know, I, I get to see the numbers of, you know, where the actual crime is happening more than the next, right? Just like you said, Beaver Hills, a lot of car thefts, um, but we all talking to each other. I know all my neighbors from the right of me to the left of me and also across the street, right? Um but it's no perpetual gun balance, right? Those, that's what that, the, the numbers doesn't show that, right? Right, if I look at uh, uh, Tesher, it's no per- perpetual gun balance. But if there, if there is, let's talk about it, right? In uh, the Hill, they a lot of perpetual gun balance, right? Okay, so what 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 do that do? Let's talk about area codes. Let's talk about the diversity of area codes where money gets filtered to, where resources get filtered to, right? Right? They're not gonna they they're gonna send resources, but those resources are gonna be about that situation, not not creating a, a, a affordable housing in the right way. So the not the the no stitching rule creates a a plethora of other things that our community can be really benefiting from on the positive side. Right? But one thing I can say, most Beaver Hills over here, they know their neighbors. They talk to their neighbors. Right? But the point I'm trying to make is, is if you talk about where the numbers are, where the crime is, right? 
um, that's where the resources sometimes don't go to the positive. It goes to the negative because we're constantly dealing with the negative around the resources. To a, is, instead of saying, you know what, you know, we want to build this here, we want affordable housing there, but you know, those kind of things happen. Public safety money is real. We should we should be spending money in, in building up parks, spending money in building up another Q house, right? Right, right. In New Hallville, we should be having something that th- that community can go to, right? Instead of spending all the resources around crime, you know, uh, <laughs> right. Once again, Sean, I, you know, my, my condolences. I see you still get emotional about that process, right? That's real, right? Like that's eleven years ago, right? He he had to cut the he had to cut the cameras off, right? Because that's real. That's still a going on effect. Right, right. So those things happen around not snitching. We need to be building equity in a different way. Right. So I, I know I don't want to I don't want to keep going on. No, that was I mean we're good. What we what we're gonna do now? We got about I have it like I said I'm gonna have to we're gonna end just a little short today. But today was a introduction of many different. Uh, topics of this light to come. And also we're hoping, and me and Sean had talked about this and I talked about some other community members of getting a town hall meeting together on this because I don't know what other people think, but I can tell you what some of my white colleagues have said. They said no snitching is personally destroying you guys' community. And so we have to face it. And if I'm and if I'm with my colleagues on this call today, we're the first ones to come out publicly to really want to start facing it and talk about it. So be it. Right. And for all the brothers and sisters who may look at me different and say, what was Maury saying? Was he trying to say that, you know, everybody should just tell everything they know? You misinterpreted what was said. And if you ever want to see me in the public and talk to me about it, you can feel freely. And the thought is that we are going to continue this message because we are trying to take our community back to make it safe. I don't want my 15-year-old daughter to live in fear to walk to a corner store that she should be able to walk to freely because we pay taxes in this community and we pay to live where we live at. And so at the end of the day, we have to make sure that these these situations, and I don't want you know, because cause they're, they're like, like Brian said, these affect a lot of other different aspects of our lives. Because Absolutely. one thing we're going to be talking about soon is healthcare. And in order for a person to stay in shape, they might can't afford to go to a gym. They might need to walk around their block two or three times a day. But if their block is not safe, they're not going to walk around their block two or three right. times a day. So this is going to affect their health care. We got diabetes. We got all type of things that's going to affect the health care of our people that is based upon the public safety in the communities that we live in. So, so Sean, you're going to say something, so I'm going to let, let you speak, Sean. This is because it's, 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 it's really large, right? As entrepreneurs, we have an entrepreneurial boom going on in our communities of color mm-hmm. right now. You know, people... Um, since COVID have gotten out of jobs, gotten into, you know, started small businesses. But the one thing that affects our, our business growth in our neighborhoods is safety, right? People don't come spend their money in unsafe neighborhoods. Um, businesses that are getting robbed and, and not being, um, and, and those things are not being resolved. 
they're going to leave the neighborhood because they're not going to be able to afford to stay there, you know, um, and make a profit. You know, so it's not just about the health care or the, the, the safety concerns. It's about our economic prowess. Um, it's about our education system, not being able to keep, you know, hold good teachers or, you know, um, even inspire teachers to want to stay in our communities that come from our communities and want to work with our kids because of the culture that we encompass at the moment. So, you know, this is a thing that can actually change the whole trajectory of what our community looks like um, once we, you know, get a handle on it. Hold up. So we're going to. We have about nine minutes, so I want to spread the wealth of some final comments and some encouragement for our community who wants to be a part of this discussion. There's going to be opportunity for it. So, Brian, give me three minutes of what would you say to our local residents, some of our young fellas who are battling with this um, conflict in their minds and in their hearts. What would you say to them to say what is the, the things to be thinking about when you have to make decisions on giving information that will help to protect the community. Uh, thank you, Mo. Thank you once again for having me on the show. I um, I would just say to the young folks, one day you're going to look back at, you know, what you want to leave as a legacy, right? Um, one day you're going to look back and say, well, I, I wish I could have did things differently. I, I will say to them, you know, reach out to brothers like us. Have those conversations, right? Right. Reach out to, you know, where you need help. Um, jobs is always on my forefront. Right. I'm about that labor opportunity. Right. Right. Um, you, you need a, 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 a ear. We hear to listen, because a lot of times I just want folks to listen to the young, to 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 the guys our age. Um, you know, we should be a beacon. We should be reaching out to these young, um, not just men, to the ladies as well. Right. Because it's a different space and time in this world today. Um, to the officers that's that's listening, to the officers that want to be a part of this conversation, come out, be a part of this conversation. Show them that you're with them and not against them. Um, uh, uh, be a part of the process of real resolution for our community so we can continue on doing what we have to do in the city of New Haven um, that we call home. Thank you. That was definitely put together the way I knew it would be when I invited you on today. Um, and it, it is a serious situation, though, everyone. We want everyone to take this beginning of this conversation serious because it's mm -hmm. going to be the first of many. Yeah. Um, and I also would give the same amount of time and respect to Sean as you give the pitch to individuals in our local community on this thought and, and what they should start thinking about in reference to keeping the community safe? Um, so, you know, first thing I tell people now, public safety is a choice. It's a choice that you choose to make, right? Either you want to be part of a process or you want to um, wait to see how the process rolls out. Um, I ask people to do what they're comfortable with um, to really educate themselves around the process because, you know, saying something doesn't mean you have to leave a name or anything, you know, they have hotlines, all kinds of things. But again, you have to make a decision um, that your safety is important. We don't want it to wait until it happens to one of your family members or close friends or anything for you to decide and have to see these things from a different angle, right? That's 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 the sad reality of most families in our community. Um, 
this no snitching thing, we'll all live by that code until you know it happens to us. And then we're looking for community members to 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 help us solve these crimes, these murders, you know, um, of our family members and, and our loved ones. So, you know, we're on a double-edged sword. And, you know, one thing we can do is we can sheathe the sword, right? We can choose to put the sword back inside its case um, and do something different. Like I said, it's not going to be an overnight success, but if we don't do something now, how do we look 20 years from now? And if somebody had started this process 10 years ago, what would we look like today, right? So I'm, I'm not thinking about the now, I'm thinking about the future. I'm thinking about when I'm gone. Um, how do I want this world to be um, interactive with my children and my grandchildren and my great grandchildren? And the first thing I want them to do is be able to walk down their streets, walk down their blocks, go to their corner stores, grocery stores, um, feeling safe, right? Not feeling like they're inside of a, a war zone. You know, we this is almost like a jungle that we grow up in. Um, there's more bodies dropping here than they are half the time um, in war zones, right? Um, and that's the truth of it all. And, and we need to really realize that, like those numbers, when you look at those numbers, Brian, they they really they 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 real they real numbers these lives and that's the thing is the numbers are lives and we talk so many times about black lives matter but the Mm -hmm. main part is that black lives have to matter to black people and if we allow this no snitching rule to continue to destroy our communities and that nothing gets done then we can't really say that black lives matter And so at the end of the day, and at the end of this conversation, all we're asking you to do is allow your mindset to be altered, to hear the information and understand what we're talking about and don't misconstrue it. We gave the analogy in the beginning to let you kind of understand, you know, for those who are still in the street realm and we understand that, you know, with the economy and different things happening, there are going to be some people in the street realm by choice or by situation. But we are out here in communities trying to make sure that we give opportunities to individuals that are coming home from incarceration, blemishes on their record. I know you see the yellow signs all around the town. Uh, We got that work. We're trying to get people back to work coming from these systems. And then we also need people to really just be truthful about themselves and say, do I really want to be a part of making my community a better place to live? And if you're not, then you also are aligning yourself for opportunities for law enforcement encounters and other encounters that may not keep you here in our community. And you can't blame anybody for that but yourself. And so all we're trying to do is heighten the awareness that we have a serious problem in our community with relaying information that will keep our community safe. And so that what this conversation was about in the beginning of many more I once again thank my esteemed guests that were here this morning starting this conversation, having the courage to have this conversation. This is called Real Talk for a Real Reason. And we hope everybody has a wonderful, enjoyable weekend. It's going to be a nice weekend out. So we want you to be safe and enjoy the weather. But also as this weekend ends, start to think of how can I be a part of this conversation that is going to be um, continuous in our community from here on on the on as sean said to create a future for our kids and for our individuals that live in our community to be safe and sound and don't have to worry about what does a no snitching policy have to do with keeping my community safe or unsafe 
So we thank everybody. Thank Happy you. Friday, y'all. Happy thank First you. Friday. I thank Appreciate my guests. And we look forward to having these conversations more and more in this local community. God bless everyone and have a great Friday. Have a good one, guys. Thank you. One love, Mo. Oh. Sean. Thank you, Brian. You already know. <laughs> yeah. As I got another rhyme, another rhythm for y'all to listen. I'm never quitting on my mission. I'ma roll with what I'm giving. Got some ambition, this new edition, filling positions. Looking at the void in myself and feeling what's missing. Better watch the way you're going. Better go in the right direction. In the moment, you stressing, but you're going to be counting blessings. And I know that for certain. Keep on working, open curtains. Haters swerving, because they ain't ready for your final version. Whoa. I'm never going to give up, give up. Fall down, I just got to get up, get up, yeah. Cause this is my road Let's camera action I'm ready to go I'm never gonna give up Give up Fall down I just gotta get up Get up Yeah Yeah this is my road Let's camera action I'm ready to go now you gon' face the dawn you waited for I said from night to dawn I write my wrongs alarm In competition with warnings Ice galore Now I'm running toward them highlights Unfinished being a quitter But little, little by little They joking, telling some riddles Now I'm in my section Ain't willing to give up Know you getting knocked down But you gotta get up I'm never gonna give up, give up Fall down, I just gotta get up, get up, hey Cause this is my road Let's camera action, I'm ready to go Gonna give up, give up, fall down. I just gotta get up, get up, yeah. Hey. Yeah, this is my road. Let's camera action. I'm ready.